You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Father, we love you today. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, open up your word to us. We pray that it would come alive in our hearts today. Holy Spirit, would you do something so revelatory, so fresh in us, Lord, that, that this idea takes root. I pray that it would grow. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be shining lights in our city and in our world. God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that we would fall more in love with Jesus today. I pray that as a result of just spending time opening up your word, Lord, that we would fall more in love with him, that we would see him, that we would behold his glory and that we would wanna follow him all the more. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church said, amen. Amen. Well, last summer, uh, I took a team from Radiant Church to a pastor's conference and uh, we had a great time. And one of the speakers was John Maxwell. And John Maxwell formerly was a pastor for many years. And then uh, his books became so successful in the leadership world that he actually began working primarily with companies and CEOs and talking about leadership. And, And so he told his story and he's in his 70s and all of the conference was amazing. The most powerful point for me was at the conclusion of his message he began to talk about the journey of kind of leaving traditional pastoral work and entering into the world of CEOs and leadership people and connecting with people. And he began to talk about this list of people that he knew that were far from God. And he talked about his own prayer that had grown in his heart that he would become, and he used this phrase, this was his phrase, a soul winner. Meaning, he said, much of my life I in services do what, what I do now, where I'll pray with people at the end of a message and people will come to know Jesus. And he said, but I wanted to lead people that I knew, that I developed relationships with in the business world and lead them to Jesus. And he began to talk about it and he told story after story of people that he had led to Christ. And so he talked about leading them to, to Christ in business conventions, leading them to Christ. And he talked about, about business offices in Manhattan. And he told stories about being in restaurants where, where people were so interested in Jesus that he led them to Christ. And, and then the, the moment that I'm referring to that was kind of epic for me personally. And, and so you love all of the intellectual content and you take notes and you say, how can I become a better pastor? But the part that moved me, the part that got my heart was here's this man in his seventies. And he began to talk about this list that he had on his phone. And it was people that he's been praying for to come to know Jesus. And as he talked about his list, he began to weep. And he just began to cry. And it was like awkward cry, like the moment where you're like, hey, we're, we're all pastors here. And it's hard for him to continue because he's so choked up and we're waiting on him to kind of get his breath so that he can continue because he's so moved. He's so praised. He so has spent time in prayer, getting God's heart for these people that he's choking up. And there's these tears for these people that they would come to know Jesus. And I don't want to kind of glorify the outward expression of tears today, but what I do want to talk about is what's going on in the inside of this businessman, this leader, that he's got so much invested that to talk proper names of individuals causes him to choke up in an important moment because it's alive. And he had kind of left his former occupation and stepped into this new role where he was stepping in to befriend, connect with, know these people. And he cared so desperately about their eternal destinies. And I was 
praying this week and thinking about us and thinking about where we are as a church. And this burden began to just kind of grow in me. Like, Lord, let us grow in this area. I'm not saying that we are experts overnight. And I'm not saying that this day transforms us into a new place and we're suddenly, suddenly on a whole different trajectory. But I do want to take a step. I am asking God that he would download, that he would drop in our minds, drop in our hearts, some fresh urgency, some God, I care. And the thing that I was overwhelmed by was the measure to which John cared as he spoke about these people. And I wanna invite us today to just open up our hearts and just kind of pull back all of the priorities and just say, God, and here's the prayer, and this is where we're gonna conclude today. God, help me care. Lord, help me care. Right now, even to hear David say that the text is gonna be Jesus, the friend of sinners, makes me go, oh. Because at the end of the day, even to hear the word evangelism sometimes is a little bit, feels like a weight. But if you can imagine that the story of Jesus befriending you, all of us, me, the sinner, and pulling us out of the muck and the mire and putting our feet upon a rock and giving us a firm place to stand and giving us eternal life and his story becoming our story. And though we don't deserve it, we gain relationship and eternity with Jesus forever and ever. If that story, if that reality, if that friendship became so weighty, so amazing that like Jesus, we began to say, okay, I too, I too was, am the friend that Jesus found. He befriended me first and he put my feet on that rock. So now I'm so forever grateful that I want to be a part of what he's doing. And I just wanna invite us today to care. I wanna invite us today where we're gonna go is just God take me just one step. God, just help me to care a little bit more like you care. I think uh, of the time that I was, uh, I was uh, in Colorado Springs, we had the headquarters for the Christian Missionary Alliance denomination. And, and I was there at an event and one of the leaders took me to uh, an office and showed me a picture of their founder named A.B. Simpson. And I began a dialogue with him just, and he began to tell me more about A.B. Simpson and we were talking about it. And he said, A.B. Simpson, the founder of this denomination that now has been such an impact all over the world, he said, A.B. Simpson in his time alone with God would take the globe and he would hold a globe in his arms as he would pray each morning and he would just weep tears over the people that had never heard the gospel and that a part of his time alone with Jesus was just to weep with tears. The early Puritans used to pray for the gift of tears. And it's this idea that there is something that's on the heart of God that is so real and it lives inside of me. And I want us to look at this text today in Luke chapter five, because it's this real quick story where we find Jesus. And it's this moment where he even refers to himself as what the Pharisees are referring him to as, as the friend of tax collectors and sinners. And my hope is, is that we would read the text and that we would see Jesus, the one who is hanging out, spending time with the undesirables, hanging out with people, and that we would grow 
in becoming like Jesus, that we would so love him and see him and, and feel our story because all of us know we were the undesirable one. We were the one, I mean, addicted, entrenched with anger and fear and lust and greed and that Jesus came and he put us in this right relationship with God and that he changed us forever and that the overflow of gratitude leads towards being on mission with him and what is he about and Jesus is spending time with tax collectors and sinners. Let's read the text and we'll talk about it. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi or this is Matthew, either name works. In, uh, in the book of Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, he refers to himself as Matthew, sitting at his tax booth. And so here a tax collector, many of you know this idea, but the tax collector, he is uh, perceived as a traitor. So this would be someone that you would not like. So you've got the Roman government and the Roman government comes in and, and takes over. And so the Jewish people then have one of their own that voluntarily says, I'll be a tax collector for the Romans and now is going and collecting money, taxes for the Romans. So they saw a tax collector as the ultimate trader. And of course, oftentimes, like is the case with Zacchaeus, they collected more than they needed. And so it was not only have they betrayed us, but often they're stealing from us or swindling us. So therein, the emotion towards a tax collector was one of disgust. So he says this, Jesus says, follow me, he said to them. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. And then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's intriguing here because here we've got Jesus knowing that they're frustrated, they're annoyed that he would hang out with the lowest of the low. And so we see actually in Luke 7, a couple chapters later, Jesus is dining with a Pharisee and Jesus goes to the low and dines and Jesus goes to the high and dines. And in both contexts in Luke five and then in Luke seven, we've got the same phrase where he's called a friend of tax collectors and sinners, friend of sinners. And I just want you to catch this friend of sinners. It's, it's even a nickname that, that the Pharisees have put on him. It's, it's this thing that embodies who he is. And so you and me, we've decided I will follow Jesus. And because I have decided to follow Jesus, not only do I esteem who he is, but I want to, I want to take on his attributes and his characteristics. I want to be like him. And the nickname that others put on him by virtue of what he did was friend of sinners. So just let that sit in because I want us to, I want us to think about what our lives would look like if we embodied it in such a way that that could even be a nickname of you. Like nickname, there's, there's a nickname comes because there's some, some degree of truth in it, right? Sorry, my illustrations come from the 80s. It's because I'm a child of the 80s, but everybody knows with me, Michael Jordan, right? All right, there's a nickname, Michael Air 
Jordan, all right? Why, what's the word air in there for? Because the boy can fly. Come fly with me, right? I wanna be, I wanna be, I wanna be like Mike. Do, do, do. If I could be like Mike. I have no hockey illustrations because I've never seen a game in my life. All right, but, but basketball, yeah, right? Or Magic Johnson, right? Irvin Johnson's name, but let's call him Magic. Why? Because, man, nobody can make an assist like Magic. It just, it's like Magic. It's a nickname. It's, it's William Perry, The Fridge, 1985. Mm, I mean, it's the Chicago Bears. It's like, it's like whew, what's The Fridge for? Because he's, the fr- he's big, right? It's something, it's something true about him gives him the nickname. Here's why I say all that. It's because this is true of Jesus. There is this reality that the Pharisees give him a nickname and they go, he's always hanging with the sinners. So we see Jesus and he's discipling his 12 and then he's even bringing them into his world and Jesus is going to the party where the Pharisees can't stand to get around the unclean, annoying, hurt. I mean, they've betrayed us people, but Jesus goes there and it is a characteristic of our savior and I think it's a characteristic of his church. I think it's a characteristic of something that we gotta get all up inside of us. And here I want you to see a few things here in the text. The first is it says that Jesus went out. And I just want you to see Jesus going. Like like it's not Jesus just sitting and waiting for people to come to him. There is a going. And every time that we we look at Jesus, there's, there's this getting out of what's comfortable, like leaving what's easy. And what we want to do is we just oftentimes want to just say, just, okay, and we'll go with our, God, just bring to me, Whatever you bring to me, that's what I'll do. Whatever, essentially, whatever's kind of easy. But we've decided to follow Jesus. And when we look at Jesus, there's this going. When he is going to save the world, the Father sends Jesus. So not only is he going around Palestine and Galilee, but he actually came to earth, right? And so the first time he came, it's the incarnation. It's when the father sends the son. And every time that God wants to reach somebody, he sends somebody. If God wants to reach one, he sends someone. And so God wants to reach the world. And so he sends his son. And then Jesus, he looks at his disciples and he says in John 20, hey, as the father has sent me, so send I you. Or Matthew go into all the world and make disciples. Go, that going, or Acts 1. <laughs> You'll be my witnesses. It's all throughout. It's this, I got, God's got a vision, a mission to reach his people. And the way that he does it is through his people. If he's gonna reach someone, he's gonna send someone. And here's the question is, is how's God's how? What does it look like that he is sending you? Like, what does that look like? What, what is it in your life like, what has God called you to do? And, and I think a lot of times that's, that's, that's a little bit uncomfortable. And a lot of times we want to resist that. And my encouragement to you today is just to begin to ask this question. All right, Lord, what does it look like for me to embody being a friend of the hurting, a friend of the sinner, a friend of the people that society says, don't touch them, don't talk to them. And, and, and what, what, just what, what do you want me to do? And, and here's, here's what we often do. We often, we often say, well, there's a, a role that I play. And I love the role that I play. But I want to invite you to think about, just imagine in your mind, you actually standing before God one day and there being these faces 
that you know you played a significant role in their eternal destiny being with Christ. So like maybe faces, like sometimes maybe in the midst of all of us trying to help each other, maybe it's possible to just kind of push that off on someone with a different personality or someone else with a different amount of money or a different gift mix or a different something. And I just want to imagine what if one of the mission, like the goal, like part of your life is, God, I want to, I want to stand before you. And maybe even you, maybe you've got on your phone a list or a file on your computer or if you're from another era, a piece of paper, you know, like <laughs> sticky note in your paper Bible, huh? Uh, but a list, there's something about, for me, that's just this like, man, man, what if, what if it was more than this concept? What if, what if, what if evangelism was more of a, less of a concept and more of like a people, like of individuals, of proper names, of these people that, that I care about them like Jesus has called me to care about them. Like he has sent me to be a sent one to them. So I want you just to be able to think, because some of you, we talk, begin to talk this way and man, it's easy for you. You work in an environment or you go to a university campus or you're on a public high school and you're around people that don't know God all the time. And so you can just rattle off people. Some of you, you work from home behind a screen and, and you don't, it doesn't work. You don't just naturally know some people. And so, but I wanna, I wanna encourage you to think through like actually thinking in your mind, what would happen if a part of the way that I schedule my life is, God, I want this, I want, I want reaching people. I want being a friend of sinners. I want helping people step into the kingdom. I want that to be a part of my life. A couple weeks ago when Renata and I were driving home from Colorado on I-70, it's like never ends trying to get across, you know, to Kansas City and there's only, there's two Starbucks and it's like you hit that oasis at mile marker 53 and you're like, ah, but anyway, and uh, we're, we're, we're driving and, and honestly, we spent like seven hours just planning right? And so I'm driving and she's, you know, C personality. And so she's just a sell spreadsheet was planning our lives. I'm talking about that kind of planning. I'm talking about like, okay, not seven hours, but like, where, where can I build it into my schedule? Like, what would it look like? Like, God, what would it be like if my testimonies look similar to a 72-year-old John Maxwell that he has tears in his eyes when he talks about individuals that he's been praying for and he's believing for? And I'll never forget when he said this moment, I've been praying for that guy for six years. Like what would happen? Like what would happen for you? I mean, I, mean, I, I just think that it's a part of the thrill of following Jesus. It's not, a, it's not, it's, it's a journey that he invites you to be on. When you say, God, give me your heart. There is this massive part in the heart of God that is, I am about reaching every one of my kids on the planet. And I desire that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And if you want to jump in on what I'm doing on planet earth, hey, guess what? Increase your prayer time to more than God. Help me make it through the week. But, oh God, give me your heart for that annoying person. God, give me your heart for that person that drives the whole office crazy. And if I want to win someone to Christ, I want to win that cool person. But maybe you're leading me to that person. Uh-huh. That person that you go, oh dear, maybe. 
Maybe that's what it looks like. Maybe that's the tax collector of our world. Back then, it's <laughs> betrayal and tax collecting. Now it's annoying. Maybe there's worse. I don't know, but but it's not. Per- it's probably it's probably not the people that you just go, yeah, good times. <laughs> it's probably the person. It's. I just want you to listen. Just get, just listen. Like God, where are we going here? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, there's this piece of going on mission. And Jesus does that. It's he goes. He, he went out. And I love this second piece where, where Levi invites his tax collector friends over to his house and he throws a banquet so that they can meet Jesus. It's the greatest small group in history, right? He throws a banquet. I'll tell you this, a banquet, that's expensive. It costs some money. A banquet requires some work. Clean up the house, get it ready. First century, probably harder to throw a banquet back then than it is now. Now it's like Amazon Prime, we'll be be ready in a few days. It's all right, right? No, no, no. And this is even harder back then. And throws this huge banquet and he invites all of his tax collector friends because there's this person named Jesus that's transformed him that he follows and he wants them to know him. I want to invite you to think this way. What would happen if you saw your house as a potential platform to help people come to know Jesus? Like everything that you've got. Like more than just, hey, this is a good place for my family to hang. And I love a place for my family to hang, right? Friday night, we had like family night and it was awesome. We cooked s'mores. We watched Little House on Prairie reruns. Like it was our kind of time, baby. It was awesome. And so I love a good, nobody's here but us kind of night. Everybody, let's eat some pizza except daddy's eating salad. But, haha. But uh, I don't know why I said that. Um, it's because of pain coming out. Or enjoyment, but it's that, it's that, it, I love that, but, but, but even more than that, it's like Matthew, like what do I have that I can use? And, and sometimes, sometimes when we're, we think, some of, so many of the Bible stories are first century that it's hard, to make, it's hard to make it clear how it works in 21st century, but all of us can understand using the house as an opportunity, as a medium to help. When we're not now, we're in Colorado Springs, uh, we had... Um, these new neighbors that uh, were a part of our church and they bought the house next door to Renata and I. And so in the first month or so that they lived there, we were out standing outside talking to our new neighbors and uh, I hadn't known them very well. And um, so I was just kind of getting to know them a little bit. And, and I said to them, I said, so tell me, you know, like new house, like, uh, you know, and I'm thinking that to give me the reason, you know, and I'm of course thinking, hey, we like the school district, District 20 is great, or some kind of, hey, you know, my husband needed more space for his flat screen, or, you know, my wife, you know, she loves to cook, and we wanted to do this big thing, or my wife wanted the pool, and we had, the, I mean, something like that, you know, my, 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 my kids needed, I don't know, but instead, here was the phrase, and it just kind of intrigued me. They said, oh, God has called us to do small groups, and this house is perfect for small groups. And I said, you mean you tell me you made a few hundred thousand dollar decision based on small groups? They go, what's up? <laughs> and I just thought, you know, that's, that's extravagant, but I think that's missional. It's like at the core, you get down to the root, you dial it back. And, 
And there's this motive that says, yeah, we got three teenagers right now and our goal and our aim is, 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 is we wanna get, this is what they told me, we wanna do small groups where we get believers coming together that are filled with the life of God and we want worship small groups. We just, we want our house to be filled with worship. We want a place where the youth group can come over and people can come to, we wanna have youth group small groups in here. We just see our house as a place where we want Christian activity to be a buzz. And I just tell you that story because I think we've got, we've got opportunities and once you see everything that you've got, it's not yours, it's God's. And saying, God, just, all right, I'm on mission. I'm on mission with Jesus. And Jesus, the ultimate missionary, comes to earth. I mean, he goes to planet earth, but then not only does he go to planet earth, but then we got all these stories about him going, 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 going. And then he's feasting. He's hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners. And I think that one of the things we often do as, as Christians is, yeah, honestly, it's far easier to hang out with Christians, right? Because, because we need it and we love it and, it's, and, and, and we need both. We gotta have that. We gotta have the camaraderie, the, the fellowship, but, but we gotta be on mission. It, when we look at Jesus, it's a part of his life. It's a part of what he told us to do. And I think that there's a fulfillment in it when we step into, all right, Jesus, I, I, I wanna step into being a light, helping people that are far from God. And one of the things we often do is we often use the opportunity to just preach. Let me, let me tell you what I believe. Here's the reality. In our culture, the best thing you can do is listen, is ask a lot of questions and just love them, 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 love them. And, and I would say, love them until you make them spiritually hungry till they get to the point where you're just loving and yeah, generous. Man, how come you always give me for so much free food? Man, how come you, why'd you pay that bill for me? <laughs> why you always invite me to your house? Just, uh, just, no, 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 no. Don't, just wait till there's this real ache inside of the person who's far from God because sin never delivers. And so if they're not following Jesus, they're believing this lie that sin is gonna give me something great. Sin's gonna give me the better life. But at the end of the day, following Jesus is what satisfies. And whatever the thing is ultimately cannot deliver. And so when you get to the moment where you have so embodied following Jesus and filled with such spiritual fruit that they, that they see it over usually a long period of time, like I know there's sometimes people are just ready. Like they're just, they're hungry and they're ready and it comes quickly. But most of the time, the process of helping people come to sowing seed to when there's the harvest, the moment where they say, I want Jesus. Usually it's a long time. And the idea is that you're so faithful, love, 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 that eventually there's this moment where they kind of open up the heart and say, okay, tell me what's going on. Who are you? Like, what's with you? Like, like, give me the story. Like, like, how do I, why do you have so much peace? Like, I mean, we both got laid off at the same time and you got peace. Remember, I was all upset and I kicked the wall and kicked a puppy and I got all mad and you seemed fine. <laughs> hey, what, what, what is it about you? Why is it, why is it that you have such joy? Just live such a life among them that they finally go, what is it about you? What we love to do is we love to just, is just bring it so quick that 
And I'm telling you, there's this part where you just connect, 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 connect. And then in due time, we gotta, we gotta connect before we correct. If you correct, oftentimes there's a little pushback. But if you just connect, 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 hunger starts to grow, relationship builds, and there's this opportunity where they go, I want what you, what, what is it about you? <laughs> oh man, you don't wanna know. <laughs> no, I gotta know, it's Jesus. Oh, 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 one of those. Yeah, one of those. But I'm telling you, if you go on this journey, saying, God, give me specific people. Help me, I wanna, I wanna go to them. It's not gonna be comfortable. It's gonna require some sacrifice, even putting it in your schedule, building your life. Okay, God, how, I wanna be on mission with Jesus. Jesus is a missionary, Jesus is sent one. I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a missionary, I'm a sent one. Help me connect with them. How do I do it? It's different for everybody. University campus is different for the person in their 60s. It's different for the person. I mean, it's all different, but God, that idea, I want relationship. And I love this moment at the end where Jesus cares so deeply that when there's this response, they're like, why do you sit? Why do you eat? Why do you hang out with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus gives such clarity of mission. Hey, I, I, didn't, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. I'm on mission. And friends, as we follow, and we follow Jesus to the places that are not comfortable, there's probably gonna be some pushback. Hey man, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why you hang out with the poor? The, why do you, what? Hey, we got it real clear inside. I'm on mission. And honestly, I'd rather be on mission, fulfilling what God's called me to, than just marinating, hanging out in life. I got a vision, I got a mission, I got a purpose. And my dream is that, is that some of this DNA, this characteristic, this value, this nickname of Jesus would grow inside of us, that it'd be, that it'd be in us. And I don't know what your story, when you think about applying it, what it looks like for you, but I just want you to dream and ask God. God, how can I connect? How can I connect with people who are far from God? What we often do is we often find the, the, the one way that we disagree with people and that's what we fight over. But I love the principle that says, find the 1% of what you can connect on, 1% of common ground and put 100% of your energy on that thing. So it's like, hey, you like the chiefs? Me too, what's up? And talk chiefs for a long time and then, and then let that be an entryway into, let's, let's, let's talk about what life is about. Let it grow from there. My dream for us is that this would grow as a conviction. Every single one of you probably have heard this before. All of us probably know this. I wanna invite us to do it. I invite us again to beat that drum. Okay, Lord, what does this look like for me? How, what does this look like in my week? What does this look like in my month? What role have you called me to play? How, who? And even to get to the place where you have some names, like you got a list, like you got some people. Like imagine with me if you were to actually make that list even today.
Even today to run to Starbucks, even to sit by your bed and just start to work on it. Okay, God, what would it look like? Who have you called me to reach? Who are the people? Who, God, I want to be a friend of sinners. I'm gonna start with where I'm at. I'll close with this. When uh, Renata and I were dating, she decided to go do a Christian intern program in Colorado and we were in college in Oklahoma City. And uh, in the Christian internship in Colorado, it had a no dating rule, which meant that she broke up with me <laughs> to go do an internship. Talk about a wound. I mean, and so uh, she broke up with me to go do this internship and on so on the day that she left, um, I went to Walmart and I bought this notebook for 69 cents. And, uh, and every day that she was gone, I just wrote her a letter. Like just, you know, like, all right, since you won't talk to me, I'm gonna write a letter to you. You know, I wrote her a letter each day, which you can imagine over the course of September and then October, November, December, and January, you know, started to fill up and it took up a, a lot of time, heavy investment. And as the months went by, my anticipation to give her the gift grew. Like I was excited. Like I knew I was gonna give it to her the day that she graduated from the internship because as soon as you walked across the stage, you could date again, <laughs> which meant mm, I was gonna be ready. And uh, I didn't know who she had met in Colorado, but I was gonna be make sure I was like, had a gift and it worked out, you know, like I was gonna be ready. So I went to Colorado for that graduation and with that gift. And I went over to a buddy's house and he was a carpenter. So we made like this wood box and we used multiple kinds of wood. And I put the, I put the notebook in a box. And, you know, Renata knew that I wasn't really a carpenter. And so Renata's like really excited whenever I do anything practical. And so I knew that would help and put little like hinges on it, and, you know. And then I, 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 I went to Colorado with high expectation of giving her this gift. And I just want you to know, we got one life. One day you're gonna go to heaven. And one day you're gonna have an opportunity to give a gift. And you're gonna give the gift of Jesus. You gave your life for me. And lay down my life for you, your heart. And it's your heart and it's these people that you brought with you. It's these people that you laid down your life for that they could be with Jesus forever. And I want you to get a vision of the gift that you're gonna give. I wanna invite you to a vision of what's it gonna look like for me, God? that that guy that you just thought well he's just he's made his he's he's made his choices don't give up on him that prodigal son that you've given up on don't give up yet that neighbor that is so mean don't give up yet I just want you to imagine far bigger than any gift we can imagine on earth the gift that you bring you stand before him. Here we are. Jesus, because I decided I'm gonna 
walk in relationship with you. And you're the one doing the work. But I opened up my life and gave myself to help them come to know you. You're helping them fulfill his eternal mission, which is that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. I want you to get a dream. You're not done yet. Yeah, but David, I'm getting older. No, no, no. Yeah, but I'm not good. No, 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 no. Yeah, mm, shut up. God, I'm willing. Open up my heart. Here's the prayer I want to invite you to today. God, help me care. Help me care. Give me names. Help me. I'm going to write them down. I'm in. Jesus, you're the friend of sinners. Mm, So am I. Father, we love you today. We ask, Lord Jesus, do a fresh work in our hearts. God, we just confess busyness pushes out so many priorities in our lives. And today we push this one as a priority, front and center. Jesus, we're forever thankful that you loved us first. We're forever thankful that you found this sinner. You found me and you saved me and you healed me and you restored me. And Jesus, I wanna be like you. Help me open up relationships, open up doors. Take a, to help my schedule, my affection, my time to look like Jesus. I want to be a friend of sinners too. I just confess, I, I just, I'm not where I want to be. So God, help me care. Put your heart in this heart. Let me be just undone by you. I want to love Jesus. I want to behold his glory. And I want to be a part of what he's doing on the planet. Put me in. Count me in. Have your way. Use me. If you're here today and you want to respond to the good news that Jesus loves you, that in the same way that Jesus would go to the most person that felt the most broken and sad and rejected by society. Maybe today you feel like that's me. I'm just not where I want to be. I feel so hurt, so angry. And today you just want Jesus to come dine with you, develop relationship with you, save you just like he saved just like he saves us in this room just like he saved a tax collector named Levi or Matthew that was just messed up and even Levi became a follower and you can be a follower too if that's you today and you want to begin that journey with Jesus I just want to invite you just to pray this prayer right where you're at just you and God Father I come to you in the name of Jesus I give you my life Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Save me. Change me. Restore me. Heal me. 
might spend eternity with you. I give you my life, God. I love you, Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.